welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Morning, uh, y'all. Jim D. here from Boston. Welcome to San Antonio. And uh, quick, uh, I'm, this is my first convention, international convention, though I've been in the program for a while, but how many of y'all are here for your first convention? Okay. And, uh, all right. Super. Well, welcome. Um, Brian is here from Portland, and um, I said uh, Jim D. here from Boston. My sobriety date is um, September 1st, 1996. And Brian, um, I'll let you share a little bit your of uh, your you know sobriety date and introduce okay. yourself. And I have the facilitator's guide here, so we'll just Perfect. go that. Um, just kind of point of order. Uh, the way that we're going to work here is uh, Brian and I are going to share about ten minutes each of our experience, uh, hope, and wisdom on the topic of acceptance. We had. Um, if you're not here for the acceptance meeting, you're, you're still welcome. We had that happen yesterday, so after a meeting that they didn't expect to, to be in. Um, when, it's, when we open it up, because this is a Q&A session, we're going to ask that you come right to this seat here. We'll push the mic over, um, and we'll go through some of the uh, guidelines here, but I'm going to let Brian talk for a second about, you know, just introduce himself. Yes? Right. I was going to go through that. I just want to let Brian okay. uh, introduce yourself. Brian, go ahead. Hey, I'm, I'm Brian uh, from Portland, Oregon. I'm a sexaholic. Um, I've been in the program. I came into the program in 2002, and I kind of bounced along the bottom for six years. So if you're a slipper, I've got compassion for that. Um, and But uh, God's blessed me with sobriety one day at a time for uh, uh, nine years, five months, and 26 days now. Um, so. Right on. Thanks, Brian. So a few points of order here. Um, please take a moment to silence all electronic devices. Um, if you need to use yours during the meeting, please take it outside. Um, and we ask that you not make any personal recordings of, uh, of this session. Um, so, yes, let's uh, start with a moment of, uh, moment of silence, and then uh, we'll go with the Wii version of the serenity prayer. God, grant us this the serenity to accept the things we can change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not ours be done. Amen. So, yeah, in the spirit of carrying the essay message, uh, as mentioned, this is being broadcast live. So for all you who are listening in from all parts of the world, a big welcome from San Antonio. Bienvenido. And um, it's just audio. Even though there's a camera here, uh, the lens cap is on. I was uh, telling someone earlier that I made the mistake yesterday of I was in this very room and I came up to share at this microphone. It was facing that way. And I was speaking to the panelists here, not realizing that the camera was behind me and everyone was watching 
seeing me from the backside. Um, but it turns out they said, no, no, it's okay. The lens cap is on. We're, no one's here. So that's why we'll have you come right up here and, and speak outward. Um, so if you are not comfortable sharing um, and you're not sure if something that you're going to say is appropriate, um, just, you know, listen. If you're not sure, when in doubt, just listen. Um, so we're not going to turn off the recording equipment for any reason. So we're just going to plow through. Um, again, when you're ready to share, just speak directly into the microphone um, so that everyone, you know, can, can hear and whether they're inside the room or listening in from uh, wherever they're listening in. Um, and if you wish not to be recorded, like I say, just, um, just, just listen. Um, so with that, we're going to share about 10 minutes each. Can I, ha I'm terrible with time. Like I'll just keep talking until someone gives me a, a sign. Um, so I guess I'll keep time for you and vice versa. Sure. Okay. So yeah, it's all, your topic is acceptance. Go ahead. You want me to start? Yep. Let me slide it over all to right. you. All right. Directly in there. Well, good morning. I am Brian again. I'm sexaholic. Um, I um, found out I was sharing this meeting um, the day before yesterday. I was on the road. I drove from Portland to uh, San Antonio. And, and the big book that I bring with me on the road is 164 pages. So I wasn't able to reread Acceptance is the Answer. I've read it many times. It's probably my favorite. But I had um, a Dr. Paul speaker tape in my car. It's my favorite speaker tape of all time. Um, it's from um, April of 94. He went down to San Diego and spoke at a Sober Singles, and if you get a chance to buy that CD, it's, it is my favorite. I've listened to Chuck C. and Clancy and a lot of, a lot of the people, but this, this one speaker tape is my favorite, and he goes, he goes into uh, quite a bit of detail in this speaker CD on the problem. What's the problem? Acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today, and he talks a lot about problems. And so I just wrote down a couple just words. I just wrote down words that that um, that will trigger me. Um, but I thought I'd just real briefly speak about acceptance. Um, when I think about acceptance, um, like you accept a gift. And the thing that came to me is um, I remembered when I was a kid how mad I got when uh, when my grandma gave me pajamas for Christmas. Um, I was, I don't remember, I was six or seven years old or something, and I thought, pajamas, I want, you know, you want toys. And, um, and, uh, my mom gave me the big lecture about, you know, acknowledging the, the generosity and the thought, and, you know, grandmas think pajamas are cute, I don't know. Um, I didn't get that at seven, but, um, but it, everything that comes, everything that comes in life is a gift. It's a gift from God. And, um, and 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 we accept all of it, um, including you know opening a opening a Christmas present and finding underwear. Um, it's just that's part of life. Um, and um, and for me, I have to accept it not begrudgingly. Like, oh dang, I hate that. And I do that a lot. I do that most. You know, most of the things that you know when God's trying to get my attention with the two by four and. Instead of with um, a teaspoon of sugar, um, you know, it's a begrudging um, acceptance. But I try, I try to, I try to foster a, an acceptance with gratitude. Um, um, but the problem, um, 
Dr. Paul um, points out that um, that I get to choose what's a problem in my life. Um, you don't you don't tell me what's a problem. Well, I know what's the problem in my life because it's the thing I can't stop thinking about. I've got this wonderful uh, broken brain, and um, I just go on and I think about something and I think about it and think about it, and um, and the more I think about it, he says sometimes sometimes he you know he'll say, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're thinking about just a little problem. But the more you think about it, the more you realize, oh, I'm glad I woke up. This is an important problem. And, and, and the, the more we think about it, um, the bigger the problem grows. Um, if I don't think about something, it's not a problem. And, and what's, the, what's the biggest advice we get when we tell somebody our, our problems? Um, people say, don't think about it. Well, it's like... How do you do that? How do you not think about a problem? Um, um, it's like saying, you know, don't any of you now think about uh, blue and purple giraffes? You know, don't think about blue and purple giraffes. Well, you know, you can't not think about it. it, it it's hard not to think about it. And um, um, so he, um, so we get to we get to define our own problems. And um, it's the things that we obsess on. And um, so in my life, um, it's, it's kind of crazy, but um, I've got a, uh, I have a, uh, well, five months ago, my uh, 16-year-old son attempted suicide. That's one of the, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the gifts of our disease um, is we get to, um, we, we get to observe the wreckage in our, in our families. Um, He's doing well. He's doing reasonably well now. Um, he, um, but you know, he he lives with uh, my ex-wife, who exhibits some signs of the Essanon disease, um, and it, he doesn't have an easy life. Um, conversely, um, on Monday morning of this week. Um, um, I've been I've been uh, sponsoring a prisoner for the last two years who got released on Monday. And I, Monday morning was the day I was supposed to leave Portland for uh, San Antonio. He got released Monday afternoon, and um, I told him, I, you know, I talked, I told him, I says, well, I've, I've got to leave on Monday morning because, um, it, it, you know, it's a, I calculated the duration of the trip, and um, God conspired to have me there on Monday, and. Um, um, I didn't have I didn't have my, the van wasn't ready. I, uh, I had to get the van ready, and so all Monday morning I got the van ready and packed, and and I then I went and picked him up and took him to his first um, meeting of of SA. And when I got to the meeting, um, I had is a meeting the only Monday night meeting is a meeting that I don't normally go to because it's about um, I don't know 30 miles from where I live. So I'd never been to it, and so I was trying to find the meeting, and I was driving around. We got in there about ten minutes late, and um, and my anxiety was, you know, was a little bit high, and um, and so I I walked in just after the lead share, and I said, "Hi, I'm Brian. I'm sexaholic, and this is 
you know, I introduced him by name and I said, and he just got released from um, prison today. He needs a breakout meeting. And I picked three guys there that I knew. I said, can the three of you do a breakout for him? And um, then he, so he went to his breakout. We got back on on the uh, get get back. The next day on the road, I'm on. The next day I'm on the road. I'm approaching Idaho, and, and uh, we talk on the phone. And um, he's upset. He's upset about um, the fact that I uh, broke his anonymity, and it was wrong. It was wrong. And I did that. I did that to relieve my own tension. I wanted. I did that because I wanted to look good. I wanted to look like here's you know here's the great Brian W. who sponsors prisoners and and it was and it was wrong and that's what kept me awake at night. Not my son. Um, I I I didn't sleep that very good that night. Rushing, going over and over and over again. How my how my look good gets in the way of of just being of just doing God's will. So I get to define my own problem. It's not the 16-year-old who's 17 now, not the 17-year-old son who attempted suicide that keeps me awake at night. It's the, it's the, you know, it's it's crazy if you think about it. That's not my problem. My problem is the son, but the one that keeps me awake is the one I get to define my own problem. But the answer, acceptance is the answer. And he talks just real briefly. He talks about the committee in his brain. He's got all these voices and all these voices and. And he's got the guy that says, you're dumb, dumb, you know, you're stupid, you always do this, you do this all the time. And he goes, there's the other guy that says, I'll get over it, you know, don't worry about it. And there's all these voices, and he says, he says, he says, it's the one you listen to. He says, you just got to tell the other committee members to shut up <laughs> and um, and listen to the calm that's at the center, at the, at the center of the committee um, um, is the calm. And and that's the that's the trick is is to to accept the fact that I I'm, I'm a bumbler I make mistakes all the time and and it's okay God loves me God loves the bumbler He doesn't love the me who tries to be perfect um, He loves the bumbler and and it's just good So that's enough of that um, I'll let you Oops, Sorry Thanks Thank you Brian. My name is Jim D, recovering uh, sexaholic, with also a uh, I like what Brian said about a wonderful broken mind. It's kind of like the balance of things, trying to accept that I am not going to be perfect at this program, and um, because I am, I I have to accept that this program is I'm not going to necessarily get the results when I want them. But I have to accept that I'm, I'm going to have to do the hard work. I'm going to have to get a sponsor. I'm going to have to call my sponsor. I'm going to have to work the steps with with my sponsor. Um, and I, I'm a person who likes the immediate payoff. I want to see <laughs> results right away, and it doesn't work that way. So I have to accept um, the imperfection of it all. And it's you know life is messy, um, so. Being a to go back to one of my kind of fatal flaws as, as a perfectionist, I'm a person who I'd like to write everything down. I want to have everything memorized, orderly. I got here a few minutes early and was going through, you know, trying to be prepared. And you know, the me of 
I don't know, however many years ago, would have like, had every minute, I, like, I would have written it with every comma in place and every semicolon, everything you know, written out, and I would just have to read it, and it would be perfect. But kind of going off of, I think it was Roy Kay, many years ago, I heard on a tape, like, I'm just going to go with the flow because I'll overplan things. So I'm just better off the cuff and learning that it doesn't have to be, you know, I can, like Brian said, I can be the bumbler and people here are still going to love me and God's going to love me and it's going to be okay. Um, the other thing that I have to accept, I mean, I can go, I could spend, I could spend all morning talking about the mistakes I've made as I've even, you know, before recovery and even in recovery, you know, so I'm, but I'm not going to go into that in, in great detail because for me, I need to strike that balance. And one of the things that I need to accept aside from, you know, my kids don't talk to me. Um, my wife annoys me. I don't like the way she drives. <laughs> There's lots of different things, small things, bigger things, things I can work through. But then I also have to accept um, kindness from others. You know, the me of old, generally speaking, would have said, oh, no, no, that's not me. Oh, you're a really good listener. Yeah, but I would throw a, you know, yeah, comma, but in there and go on about how I wasn't really worthy of the praise. Well, now it just so easier to say, oh, that's very kind of you to say <laughs> and leave it at that um, and move on to the next thing. So I have to accept, too, that, you know, it, it's a balancing act. So, um you know, with the perfection and the damage I've done, all right, well, when I get to the fifth step, fourth and fifth step, and I write all these things down, I have to accept that, you know, when my sponsor says, well, great, you got all this list of flaws, what are you going to put in the asset column? I, oh, I thought I was supposed to just kind of beat myself up and not address uh, these other things. So, um, you know, fearless moral inventory, to me, that's like, oh, Dang, I got to write down all this, all the uglies. Um, but I have to show some, um, you know, again, acceptance. Like, all right, I have to accept what my sponsor suggests and write down, all right, well, what are my assets? Well, yes, I've caused our wreckage. But as my wife tells me all the time, like, you've done so much to, to help other people. Um, so it's not, it's, it's a big deal. You know, it's hard for me to like accept praise sometimes, but I need to really keep things in check, and that's why coming to these meetings is such a great thing. It's I, I may not, uh, like I said earlier, see the results of yeah, I went to this convention and it was great. Now I'm better. You know, I'm back on the trudging the path towards perfection, but somewhere down the line there was going to be a payoff on the promises, um, and I, I've seen that. Um, so again, you know, the balancing act. Another flaw uh, for me is, I think uh, last night during the keynote speaker, the introduction was um, of how so and so, I forget the fellow's name, uh, how he's grammatically correct. I'm like, bingo, that's me. Every comma in place, I'm a writer. Um, overanalyze this. I had someone write to me a few weeks ago because I mentioned on my website how much I love semicolons. And like no one likes semicolons, um, so 
And I was like insulted, like, what do you mean? They're a perfect part of their, their necessary thing. Um, too many commas in the world. Um, give the semicolon some love. Um, but anyway, so when he said that, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, I have to accept that, yeah, I go overboard with the, the, the writing and having everything perfectly in place. But it's also a gift that, you know, I, I worked hard to become a, an effective writer. And, you know, I don't want to go overboard on the, on the pride, but just, it's okay. It's like, all right, you're, people have told me, family members and other people, like, oh yeah, you should write more, or you should do this. And so, again, it goes back to just accepting, like, oh, that's very kind of you to say. And I, I appreciate that. Something along those lines. How am I doing for time here, Brian? You got about three or four minutes. Three or four. Okay. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, acceptance. Um, Acceptance that, um, you know, Brian mentioned uh, the son with um, thoughts of suicide. Me too, you know. Um, I'm glad that I'm here and glad that I didn't go through with it. But I have to accept that my actions are, you know, I've lost a career. I've... Like I mentioned, I don't have contact with regular contact with my kids. Um, and it's not all me. You know, it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, you did these things and here's the result. But there's other factors that come into play that really don't have very much to do with me at all. And that's just the way that it is now. So accepting and being open to the possibility, you know, having some hope that, okay, others have told me, yeah, I think your kids are going to come around at some point. And, you know, they're 28, I think, and, and 26, and I'm still waiting. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to accept that I'm doing the right thing when it's time to make a formal amend, that I'll be ready. I've done the work. I've gone through, you know, the steps of my sponsor many, many times in different formats, and I have to just be ready to say, okay, that's all I can do. I've taken the suggestions, I've done what I need to do, and what's going to happen is going to happen. And it ain't easy, you know. Uh, there's times where I've, like, I'm like, I, I'm more than just hopeful, I'm expecting. Like, I sent this to them. Why aren't they writing back? This has got, that was just a, you know, I did the right thing. What's, how come I'm not getting the results? Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's lots of different things, but for me, it really boils down to um, balance, you know. And I'm, as you may have heard in the program before, is I'm not a bad person that's becoming good. I'm a sick person um, that's trying to get better, and I just really need to, you know, use less semicolons and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't know what happened there. So sorry for those of you who didn't catch all that, but yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. Is just trying to march forward and uh, keep everything in check and, and do the best I can. Except that it's not going to be a perfect uh, scenario. Thank you. So, um, so let's go ahead and read the um, open this up to others. I'll read the uh, sharing guidelines here. Um, 
If you'd like to share, please come up uh, up here, right here. We'll, we'll shift the microphone over. Um, in sharing, we ask that members with five years or more of sobriety share first, then one to four years. Then if time allows, others will be invited to share uh, so as to focus on the solution. When it's your turn to share, please speak clearly so that everyone can hear you. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit uh, sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery, and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and the 12 traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. Um, if someone is, feels another is getting inappropriately explicit or is focusing excessively on the problem rather than on the solution, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Although this is an anonymous meeting, please remember that anonymity does not mean legal confidentiality. Please do not share any felony for which you have not been adjudicated, else we will be required to inform law officials to protect the injured. Please be mindful of what you share to not break your own or another member's anonymity. So um, I guess I'm not sure like how much time do we have left, Brian? About half an hour? Yeah, until yeah, we've nine. Got, uh, we've got another half hour. So I guess maybe if we keep it to two or three minutes um, as far as someone sharing. But So we'll start with the – and this is more of a Q&A than a sharing thing. So uh, if anyone who's got five or more years of sobriety want to come up, come on up. Uh, Brent, why don't you um, come on up here? Yeah, because the are folks – people that are listening, we've got live listeners. So yeah. – Saves us having to repeat. Come, yeah, come right and sit up. <laughs> Welcome to Brant, our newest panel member. All right. Brant from Franklin, Tennessee. And uh, hey, I would want to hear more about your relationship with your sons. I have uh, a 20, 20 year old who's now in college, and he is speaking to me because he comes home for holidays, but we don't have much of a relationship. He has a lot of anger toward me. and um, But then he'll give me little crumbs every now and then um, about movies or political things that he wants to talk about. But um, I feel uh, some hopelessness that it's never going to change. He's very independent and he's so forth. And I know that I have wounded him a lot with my rage in his younger years. And I've done a lot of work on that. Uh, thankful because of this program, but, uh, you know, I, I get into these future-tripping fantasies of he's never going to speak to me, he's going to move to the opposite side of the country, we're never going to see our grandchildren, and just going down the spiral. And um, and so I, I do try to practice acceptance with him and not push him and kind of meet him where he is, but, uh, you know, it's I feel a lot of sadness uh, thinking, you know, we're never going to really connect. Um, he's always connected with his mother more than me. Thanks. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Yes. Uh, I think it's okay. It sounded like it faded out again for a second. Um, yeah, thanks for asking that question. Sadness is the, the word that really resonated with me because my daughter and son, the daughter's older, um, I wasn't there for her birth. I was off doing stuff, I don't, you know, terrible things. 
Um, and so there's the sadness there, the remorse, uh, the shame that I need to, to surrender. Um, but it's kind of like what I talked about before. I have to balance that with I was there for other times. I was present. Um, I've made efforts. It wasn't my fault that I had to leave the state, um, entirely my fault, uh, for leaving the state, that there's other factors at play that have put uh, my kids' opinion, what they know about me, like they're only getting you know, half of the story. Um, so I have to accept my part in it. I have to um, let them, I have to pray for them, right? I have to accept that they're on their own kind of recovery thing, whether they're in a program or, or not. Uh, they're on their own path and their own timetable, just like I was when I came into the program. I, I didn't get it right away. I was kind of like, the speaker said last night, I was rewriting the right white book, you know, right from the beginning and rewriting the sobriety definition, rewriting the rules. So I'm just like, um, you know, I have to remember those things as painful as they are and that my kids, I don't just like they don't know my whole story. Um, I don't know their whole story. I don't know what they're hearing. I don't know what they're feeling. They're in a different state. I just have to be my daughter, for example. The things that give me hope is like, I didn't speak to her, um, I think it was like 2000, I'm going to say 2003, um, I called them and Max's wife was like, they don't want to talk to you anymore. And I won't go into the reasons why, but they started asking questions and she told them the answers. And um, so it was pretty much everything I was doing from long distance. Like I would play chess online with my son and I print it and I would go to, um, you know, I'd be in communication with their teachers. And I'd get email from the teachers like, oh, here's what your son or your daughter is doing, and this is what they're like. So I saved all these up over the years. And just maybe like uh, a week or two ago, I sent like a year-by-year -year chronicle of their childhood back to them and just, um, you know, basis of my sponsor saying, hey, why don't you write something, um, keep it short. And, you know, other people, my therapist said, yeah, just send it, and it's, it's time to move on. So to answer your question, Brant, I have to put faith that these things that are being suggested of me to do, that I'm taking the right actions, and you know, hopefully that my kids get some joy or some peace of mind from this. And when they're ready, you know, I have gotten contact. My son just nothing, but my daughter has been like, ah, you know, I want to be connected. I just don't know where to start. And okay, she's confused, but she's not giving up on me. So those are the kind of things that give me hope. Um, yeah, I hope that's maybe kind of a long-winded answer. Sorry about that, but um, it is an emotional topic, so I'm glad you glad you brought it up. Do you yeah, want to share guess, something on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Brian. I'm a sexaholic, and um, 45 years ago, I was a hippie wandering around Mexico and, and uh, ended up getting a little Mexican girl pregnant. And so 44 years ago, my first son was born. And um, just the way circumstances happen, I just... You know, I was there. I was there. He was born in this little house with, you know, without electricity and water, but we had a you know midwife there. Anyway, the the circumstances were that I was there. His mom was quite, um, you know, was uh, a little bit in a bad shape from the from the from the from the childbirth, 
And I held him. I'm the one that held him. And there were no drops in his eyes. And he just like, and there was a bonding that happened right there. And, um, and I was in his life for the first five years of his life. And it was nothing about me. It was the circumstances that he and I have a close relationship and always have. We got divorced when he was five. But four years later, his, his uh, younger brother was born. And um, he had a very different experience. He was born in a hospital in Phoenix. They put the drops in his eyes. I was off on my disease. I was um, already starting, um, you know, he was probably six months old when I met my second wife, and he was a year old when I got divorced. And it, and he's never been, we just never had that bonding. And so he's 40 years old now, and he's got two beautiful got two of my grandchildren and um but we've just have always had a strained relationship always it's just been and it's to this day he doesn't answer he doesn't answer phones or texts he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't he never calls um but i just i just stop at his house unannounced um about once a month he lives in portland and i just show up i just show up and my granddaughters are always glad to see me and he's he's civil and and slowly over time our relationship is improving um i've got a 17 year old son who who we adopted when he was three years old and um he's got he's got some some horrible trauma from his first three years of life and he's got more trauma from his next his next uh, 14 years of life um I've caused some of that, but I sure haven't caused all of it. Um, and and so acceptance is just being able, for me, it's being able just to see the situation and know that I'm a part of it, and I can be part of the solution too. And I can accept the fact that I'm an imperfect father. Um, it's 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 part of who I am, and and so. The hardest thing to accept, you know, accepting, you know, accepting getting fired or something, that's hard, you know, but we make it about ourselves. The hard thing is accepting ourselves. And so I'm the kind of person who gets fired or I'm the kind of person who has strained relationships with with children. But it's true. I've got I've got a strained relationship and and accepting that is the hard part. Saying, okay, it's who I am. I, I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect human being. But God loves me. And and just finding that God loves me, not not when I you know I, I don't have to earn God's love. I don't have to be the perfect father and have all the perfect solutions. It's just I just do the next right thing, and so I just go show up at my son's. My second son, my forty-year-old son's door. I just show up, and and um, our relationship is is improving um, tremendously. Um, it's not it's not a good relationship, but boy, is it better than it was five years ago, and better than it was ten years ago. And it's just it's it's getting better, and and the outcome is in God's hands. Um, there's a reason. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's a, you know it's. Me pondering, 
what it means to be a father, what it means to be a grandfather, and him pondering what it means to be a father and not be a father like I was a father and what it means to be a son and it's um that's part of life it's those are that's that's the hard part of life um but it is part of life and it's the life that God has given me and um who am I to tell God that he gave me the wrong life so thanks Brian someone else Hi, my name is Tom, uh, grateful recovering sexaholic. Hey, Tom. Um, you know, I, I for many years uh, I've always uh, come to many conferences and meetings, and you hear these wonderful principles like acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. And I sit and I think, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, surrender, sure, that's that's definitely there. Um, so my question for you guys is what highlights of your recovery journey so far have helped you to get to this place, uh, even if you have, <laughs> of acceptance? The how-to. How do you do this? Thank you. Go first. No. no, but yeah. you're going to. Okay. okay. <laughs> the thing, I guess two things come to mind. Um, First thing that comes to mind is working with with sponsees. Um, I've been blessed. I've worked with a lot of sponsees, and and we see a lot of newcomers and a lot a lot of old timers come into our program. Very broken, very very low self esteem. Very just you know, and and we can all relate. I I remember those six years, those first six years. I hated myself so bad. The self loathing was horrible but when you see somebody else hating themselves it's just it's painful and I have so much compassion for other people and when I see someone else hating themselves and I try to work with them on that it's in working with someone else who who can't accept themselves that I learn to accept myself I think I really think sponsorship is is the is the the biggest blessing of this program um, the other thing I will say is um, I have a daily meditation practice that I do. In that mindfulness practice, when I wake up in the middle of the night, um, I, I turn to that. I use that. Um, I just I just focus on my breathing. I relax. I, I you know when the thoughts come up, I go. There you are again. Just we're gonna we're gonna set you aside for now, and I and I use a mindfulness practice. Um, but I, I think working with others, learning to see myself, imagining how much how God sees me, how I see a sponsee is just a, the tip of the iceberg of how God sees me. Jim D again here. Imperfect um, person in recovery with imperfect and thanks for the question, uh, Tom. The how-to is, I think of it in two terms, one kind of like bigger picture and one little picture, um, like in the moment versus kind of the grand scheme of recovery. And for the, to what Brian said, yeah, sponsor is taking guidance that way and just 
um, it's not easy to trust that the program is going to work. But like last night was just awesome seeing these people at 34 and 33 and one year, whatever the the date of sobriety was, and just knowing, you know, I'm kind of a logical person as more, you know, left brain, right brain. My left brain tends to kick in sometimes in overdrive, and I need evidence of what's going to work. And when I see that, all right, so when I have these things that aren't, you know, whether it's my wife's driving or that I'm not a great musician or that I'm whatever it might be, that I have this these flaws still or that I meditation, I'm not a person that's going to just be able to do it for 30 minutes. Um, to know that, all right, if I do what my sponsor suggests and I go to the meetings and I write the steps and I see the people around me that are succeeding, that's how I realize, all right, I'm going to make progress in this. And I have to accept that it may not be me seeing it, but it's going to be someone else telling me, like, oh, yeah, you're much better at this than you used to be. And then, of course, saying, oh, thanks, that's very kind of you. Or, really? Um, so that's kind of the bigger picture. And the other how-to part of it is, for me, I am. I mentioned writing, like journaling. Um, like, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, oh, man, I haven't really journaled in a while. Um, it's, so it's like I got all these tools and I'm not going to be able to do them every single day, whether it's meditation or prayer or my step work or journaling or just walking. Um, so it's about kind of, I think of it in terms of, I'm not a like gymnast person, but if you think of like the balance beam and those kids that do that, it isn't like for me being perfectly on the beam it's like falling off and getting back on or teetering and and getting back like oh i haven't journaled in a while so good i need you know it'd be helpful for me to do that uh the other thing for me the how to is you know going out for a walk um right now in boston not really conducive to that so i usually just stay inside and i love playing the guitar um so it's just soothing it's fun I can tend to go into the perfectionist mode, like, oh, I really need to nail this chord progression, or, you know, I got like a whole book of half written songs, but just being able to know that I have these tools and a, a go to thing that's going to calm me down and get my head out of that space of solving all the world's problems. Because, you know, the other thing about it is, you know, and as far as acceptance and going back to what I said earlier about kind of this balance act. Uh, recognizing my flaws, like I'm a terrible sleeper, but I am a wicked awesome napper. <laughs> I can I can nail the nap. So um, you know, it's just being able to realize these things, and I'm really looking forward to the the next session about laughing in recovery, because for me that's I, you know, it's going to be helpful for me to just poke a little bit of uh, fun at myself. So I hope that helped answer your question, Tom. So we have uh, about 15 minutes left, so we still have more time for questions. Anyone else? Um, so we started with five or more years sobriety. I think at this point you can probably just work down. doesn't matter how much um, sobriety you have if anyone has any other questions.
Well, uh, if it's okay, I'll just make a uh, comment regarding the how-to. Sure. What's worked for me, anyway. Uh, my name's Ed. I'm a sexaholic. Ed. Ed. Um, step one says that I'm powerless over lust, and um, that's very true for me. And step two says that there's a power greater than me who can handle that problem. Uh, if if I could do it, I wouldn't need God, but I can't do it. And when it comes to acceptance, the same thing is true. I can't do it. It's a team effort of me and God. I have to be willing, and it's a little bit of my power and a lot of God's power. And um, to me, that's the answer for how to. I can come up with all kinds of things, uh, a checklist, if you will, of things to do. Uh, <clears throat> I can do them all and still not accept. So it's a team effort. Thanks. My name's Thanks, Ed. I'm Michael, grateful recovering sexaholic from New Jersey. Hi, Michael. Uh, originally from Texas, so it's good to be <laughs> kind of home in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for your for your sharing and um, the acceptance is is so critical for me. Um, a lot of different things I liked about the the idea of balance and allowing myself to make a mistake. You know, having compassion for myself. Um, and be able to give that compassion to others. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is, I can make a mistake without being a mistake. <laughs> I need to remind myself of that. And I guess the, one of the things I wanted to also just kind of get your thoughts on um, is the idea that um, how to have balance in terms of accepting when things aren't going the way you would like them to go. I mean, and right now, I really like the kind of old format of the the conventions I've been to in the past where it's typically more sharing because I like to hear the different voices, even though it's been great to hear you guys. And so I'm just sitting here trying to accept that, okay, there's a different format here and I can take what I need and, you know, maybe leave the rest, so to speak, but, um, and, and just be okay with it, you know, and to turn off that critical mind, um, you know, that, and then to also be okay with the fact that I have this critical mind and sometimes it just goes and I need to let that go also. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts about that and because uh, it's something, you know, I'm struggling with right here in the moment and I thought it would be a good way to practice it and hear the thoughts on it. So thanks. 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 Thank you, Michael. So accepting when, if I heard that correctly, accepting when things aren't uh, going to what the expectation is yeah um trying to think of a good example and like well right now i i can't think of anything so i have to accept that i'm not going to have a a great answer uh for that except to um say i think that you know go back to the the theory of all right what was said before this is going to be a team effort and i'm not going to it may do the work. I don't know if how many of y'all are like sports fans. I'm a big sports guy. Um, but it's like 
it's a you hear these things cliches that coaches say about oh it's a team effort and whatever and it is but sometimes you put in the effort and you don't win um, so that's kind of my mindset that it's it's not going to work and you know as far as this format goes I try and do be grateful for um, people who are experimenting a little bit with the format. And if it doesn't work, the great thing is we got this little thing at the end that says feedback. You know, uh, we can fill out the survey and say, you know, this one didn't work for me as well as, as the other one, and we'll, we'll see. Um, so I really like that, um, you know, this is my first convention. I've done to be kind of the regional conventions, but not, you know, in front of this many people. And I'm not a technology guy. In fact, um, I'll confess something right now. A $5 flip phone. So no smartphone. I outsource all the hard stuff to my wife. Um, and sometimes that's frustrating. Like this thing is buzzing right now. And I'm like, oh, I want to answer it, but I'm not. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to, I don't know if that helps or not, but I'm just, I like the fact that it's, it's not going to be perfect here. The technology isn't always going to work, but our friends here have done a great job of doing, you know, the best that they could as a, you know, again, a team effort to overuse the sports cliche. Um, and then we'll write down some things and we'll see what happens next time. So thanks. I'm going to let, um, once you come on up and I'm going to let, um, Brian respond to that. Come on up while I'm talking. Yeah, that'd yeah. be good. Um, yeah, um, thanks, Michael. Uh, in in that in that speaker tape, Dr. Paul had this this beautiful analogy. He talks about um, when the butterfly is ready to come out of its cocoon. The moth is, or I mean, the the, the caterpillar is, you know, spun its cocoon, and it's and it's, it's flapping its wings. It's flapping its wings to break that break that cocoon to get out of that cocoon, and it and it, it is it's frustrating. It looks frustrating, and it. But in the process of doing that, the butterfly is actually strengthening its wings, and it's giving that butterfly the strength, the wing strength, to be able to fly and not be, uh, you know, not be uh, bird food um, at the first moment of its life. And, and so, and, 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 and it, it points out that 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 emotional pain is the process of spiritual growth, and. And and recognizing that all when it, you know when I'm when my anxiety is level is rising, you know anytime I'm disturbed there's something wrong with me, and in the past I focused on you dummy there's something wrong with you and now it's like oh well what is it what is it that I what is it that's wrong and and how do I change that and how do I accept the part of that and so. Changing my orientation to pain is bad to pain is part of the process of growth. Um, so having a different orientation on pain, suffering. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm uh, Sparkle from Arlington, Virginia. Hi, Sparkle. I um I appreciated the when in the lead talking about um you know, slipping and, and recovery and stuff of that nature because that was part of my story, a lot of my story last year. And um, someone told me either you believe something about your higher power that isn't true or you believe something about um, recovery that isn't true. And um, I last night was beautiful because 
what it's hard for me to accept about recovery is the fact that circumstances won't change or may not change. The recovery is that I change, you know, and that I can bear it. And so, um, like, I accept that I suck at God's job, um, but what is hurting, I think, at the moment is accepting that what I am having a hard time accepting about recovery, and this is just open and honest, this is where I'm at, right, wrong, or indifferent, and I could just use uh, experience, strength, and hope on it, is that while I understand that I'll never have to protect myself from recovery, like I've had to protect myself from my addiction, will my addiction, will my recovery ever feel as good as my addiction did? And I know that sounds really silly. I know it's it sounds like that, and I can hear it out loud. I know it does, but it is my truth, you know. And so I think part of it is, does that mean I'm going to have to change? Because so that my the more I change, the more the better my recovery will feel. I know that to be true. But when was that moment for you, where a you felt that, and b you accepted it? Thanks for listening. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole concept of slipping, you know, it's boy. There's so many. There's so many different ways I can go on this one. First thing I think I would say is is we all of us are a bundle of desire. It's what do we want, and and I always thought that what I wanted was um was 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 sex with with new women i mean it just you know that's what i thought i wanted that's what i thought i wanted but what i really wanted what we really all of us really want is happiness we want to we want to be able to settle into that place where we just kind of like we're comfortable in our own skin we kind of like we kind of like accept who we are and kind of like you know this is god made me who i am and it's okay you know and and I'm working on improving, and so for me, th- that lust is my God desire, and I'm making woman God, so it's an idolatry. And I, when I realize that all of my desire is a God desire, but I'm just I've got to I've got to find the right God and turn my desire to God. Um, that's kind of an esoteric. That's kind of it's hard to grasp. Um, but for me, all, all, um, all slipping, all, all, um, you know, acting out, you know, all willful lust. It, there's, it's only, it's only once we've given our life, the care of our life, given our will, and the care of our life to God, we don't act out anymore. And so it's either first step or second step. It's either. I'm believing that I, I'm powerful. I've got the, and I have, and I, and I, boy, uh, accepting powerlessness is hard because I kept thinking, I have to fight this. I've got to fight this lust. I've got to fight this acting out. I, I got to do this on my own power. And, and coming, getting powerlessness, you don't get it until you get it. What, when, you know, I, I hear in meetings all the time, I'm struggling with, I'm, I'm struggling with, with, um, I just got, you know, one of my sponsees, I'm struggling with, 
with internet porn on my work phone. They gave me a smartphone for work, and I have to have that for work in order to have my job. And, and the minute he says struggling, it's like he's trying to do it on his own power. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a failure of, of, that's a first step failure. Um, um, and then the second part is, is, is believing that, that, that God can and will. Um, and so it's either first step or second step. It's either most people, most people I think have a harder time with, um, powerlessness. And intellectual, it's not intellectually grasping powerlessness, but it's, it's accepting powerlessness. Um, and I think that's where, that where a lot of slipping comes from is thinking I have to ex- exert willpower and I have to fight. I've got to do all this stuff. And, and, um, but people that with religious backgrounds have a harder time with step two because it, we, we have a tendency to have an absent God and a God whose love we have to earn, and I've got to do all this work to earn God's love, and then He'll help me. You know, and it's, so it's either it's either step one or step two. All all slips is a failure. Step one or step two. And uh, when I've got guys that are slipping, I don't let them keep going on step six. You know, I'm working through step six. If they're slipping, we got to go back to step one and step two. We got to we got to we we've got to get powerlessness and you don't get it until you get it I don't know I don't know just you can't talk somebody into powerlessness all of a sudden they just you just give up I don't know it's I don't have a good answer for that but <laughs> that's that's my my thoughts on it Mark um, I'll talk to you afterwards the, the answer is to your question about like am I going to have to lose myself to, you know, it, or am I going to lose who I really am? I think something along those lines. No, uh, from my experience, and I can share more about that. So, yeah, we're going to wrap up here. I'll just um, in closing. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the inv- individual participant. Principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. Remember that we never identify ourselves publicly in the SA press, radio, TV, uh, films. Neither does anyone speak for SA. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, phone number of anyone you meet or learn about in SA to yourself. The shares we have heard here were told in confidence. Please do not repeat what you've heard about another member to anyone who is not actually here at this meeting at that time. Uh, please, what we say here, when we leave it here, let it stay here. Here, here. Um, so we'll just close with the serenity prayer. God. Grant the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Thanks, everybody.
listening to this episode of the daily reprieve the best source for experience strength and hope for sa members please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes please show your support by donating to the daily reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking donate now Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.